Man, growing up can be hard. Hormones are going crazy, making friends is a challenge, and, of course, sneaking past clickers and killing cannibals in a post-apocalyptic hellscape, am I right? Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. My name is Leo. And I'm Lawrence. And today on the episode, we're exploring everything Ellie. I mean, if this was a game that was just Joel kind of going through this post-apocalyptic world, that would be like so many other games. I mean, I think part of what makes this game so special is the dynamic that Joel and Ellie have. So I think it's important that we all kind of take a moment and reflect on sort of her childhood and sort of the the early years of the character that even personally I didn't know a lot about because I didn't read the comic book that Dark Horse comic put out. Um, what did you think of Ellie when you were playing through the game the first time? Um, besides the fact that uh, it was like kind of an Ellen Page <laughs> ripoff. <laughs> You've heard about that controversy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shouts out to Ellen Page. Uh, come on our show and talk about it. Yeah, she's awesome. And definitely, Ellen, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you hear this, uh, join us. We'd love to have you. We'd love to talk about everything. You're super cool. Also, really good in Umbrella Academy. So, shouts for that. But yeah, no, my experience, <laughs> my, my, uh, my thoughts on Ellie when they first introduced her is like she was kind of like a snot-nosed, jerky kid. She's just like every typical teenager, you know, super opinionated um, Shouts to our teenager listeners. <laughs> right. I'm a grumpy old man. <laughs> Come find me. <laughs> you'll win. Uh, we'll fight. You'll win, but I'll still be grumpy about it. So, you know. Exactly. I mean, she's like, you know, typical, typical teenager. So she's like mean and obnoxious and like has this uh, overwhelming, like, you know, I can take care of myself. I don't need any, like, I don't need anyone to help me kind of like personality. But as you progress through the game, um, you start to see different sides of Ellie. And I, I like, she begins to grow on you. I think like one of my, the first memorable uh, times of like, you know, that involved Ellie was when uh, you guys get separated when you're in the hotel. Oh yeah. And, uh, you're climbing up that ladder and that guy's like kicks you off and is going to drown you. And then Ellie just shoots him with the gun. Oh, and crazy. like, it was like one, it's like, Whoa, Ellie just killed somebody with a gun and she's a kid. Holy shit. But then the best like exchange between her and Joel happens when he just is like, uh, whatever. And then she's like, no, right. I just oh, saved God. you. It was so real. Yeah, and it was one of the first times where she like pushes back against Joel's shit because before she was like super <laughs> right. passive and just like whatever, he's just an asshole, I don't care. It's I also remember I was going to bring up that moment in my personal impressions of Ellie because like like the moments after she pulls the trigger and then like rushes to or like and just that whole scene is so burned into my memory, not even specifically exactly what happens and who's standing where and like what they're wearing, but more like the emotional quality of it, which again, and and I, as a voice actor, I'm biased in this, but like 
the the thing that for me made that moment so real was Troy Baker and and uh, Ashley Johnson who voices Ellen Page. No, you did it. You ruined me. Uh, <laughs> voices. I just. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. Um, okay. Uh, and Ashley Johnson who voices Ellie. Uh, it's 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 just so visceral and it's so real. And I remember like looking at the game's character, like the game character's face. I remember looking at Ellie's face, being like is she okay? Like she just did this crazy thing and she is. And immediately that, that scene pivots and it becomes this conversation about like Joel, not kind of giving her any kind of credit and like not giving her any kind of trust. Yeah. She wanted recognition, not for taking a life, but for saving Joel's and like there, there's something in there that kind of shows the difference between them. And we can get into that a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, She's just like she grows on you um, because from my perspective, she is the uh, like the one person in this game that is like kind of dis- like the discoverer. Yeah. Like Ellie grew up in this like, you know, cortisol or what, cordyceps. Brain I'll just infection. say she <laughs> CBI. Yeah, she grew up, CBI. She grew up in this yeah, this CBI world with, you know, this this craziness where you either have infected people or you have, you know, these people that are just living on the outsides of the remnants of society who are all about killing or eating you or whatever. Um this is her norm. Everybody else is just like, "Hey, remember when we didn't have to deal with this shit and life was normal and like now we're just like hardened uh, because we're just full-on survivalists and you have this girl who stops to appreciate the like basically destroyed ruins of society or like some comic books that she finds in a house um so it, it was like it was crazy because it was like you know who the hell are you like you should be the, like the most like uh kind of introverted person of anyone that i run into but you're actually like fun and normal I think you're totally right because we as gamers are are entering this world having, you know, just come from work or we're entering into this world just having just come from, you know, again, normalcy from from what we normally experience. And for Ellie to say, wow, it's crazy that that, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but it's crazy that that actress in that poster about that movie from before CBI is so thin, even though they all had money. And it's that perspective shift that is like so, so much grounds the the reality that that everything's changed, that the paradigm has changed, right? Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk for a moment about kind of Ellie's childhood. And again, for me, this was as I was researching for this episode. This was stuff that I didn't know about. Um, did you read the 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 comic book American Dreams? I did. Nice. So they they really know their stuff. So when I was looking at the the panels and I was looking at the previews, I was like, wow, this really looks incredible. But it's a lot of stuff that I just didn't know. And I think for a lot of people, maybe some of the people listening, this knowledge from American Dreams is not common knowledge. American Dreams covers a, a chunk of time between when Ellie first arrives in Boston and when, uh, and, and basically like a little bit later, some some amount of time later but not that yeah. much time later because i think it's only been about a year since that um let's talk through some of this timeline which again i i didn't even know set in stone until until now uh so let's lay it down so cbi started spreading in 2013 and we talked a lot about the timeline of the events of last of us in last episode but it started spreading in 2013 
Over five years later is when Ellie is born to her mother, Anna, and an unknown father. So we don't know who her dad is. Um, Now, her mother dies shortly after childbirth, and basically Ellie spends most of her childhood being raised in like military-run boarding schools within quarantine zones. So this is like the life she knows. This is this is her childhood, right? Her formative years. Right. We don't know a lot about that, but when she is, uh, shortly after she turns 13, she arrives in the Boston, Massachusetts quarantine zone. Shout out to Boston, where she eventually <laughs> will meet Joel and Tess, but this is where uh, basically... This is the beginning of American Dreams. So um, I also thought, because you were, we were talking about this before we started recording, there are some really strong parallels for those of us who have played Last of Us and some of the relationship elements that Ellie has with a soldier at the beginning of American Dreams, right? Right. Like, because uh, when she, she comes in um, to Boston and she sees someone uh, at the gates who's they're testing them to see if they're infected um and then she kind of just brushes it off until they are like okay this guy's actually infected and then they force him to his knees at gunpoint and then it just like freaks her out and then you know you go to a scene where she's getting off the bus and a soldier approaches her and is just like hey don't get in don't don't get into any shit don't do your normal stuff (laughs) so like we can see that you know prior to this she's built a brand of being rebellious and just like, you know, just kind of hard to manage, which hard to manage is not good in a quarantine zone. It's run by the military (laughs) (laughs) when they're, they're really trying to keep people just focused on being in the moment. So it's like, you know, don't, don't get out here and do these things. So then like the soldier is like, well, I'm going to leave like or she unpacks her stuff the soldier sees her again and then he's like i'm i'm you know getting out of here and then she's like don't leave right you know or take me with you and then he's like no i have to tend to my own family but like it's one of the first times we see ellie who at the beginning of last of us just the game is is presented as this kind of bratty uh walls up teenager right There's this sort of pattern that we see throughout Ellie's life where she finally lets her guard down and finally starts loving and caring about someone and trusting them to be there for her if and when she needs it, and then them being like, sorry, I have to leave for this valid reason, but something that she either like lacks the maturity to be like, yeah, no, that makes sense, you do you, Um, or she's just like so tired of it and so broken for that happening so often. Because we also don't know what are those past things that she's kind of known for, right? Like going, did she go from boarding school to boarding school and have this kind of experience over and over again because she was kind of up to no good? Or right. is this is this kind of the first time really in her life as well? Either way, it's a big deal. Yeah. And she shows a lot of, like to me, Ellie shows a lot of, uh, a lot of signs of like trauma, like early childhood trauma. Like, uh, I think she, she acts out instead of telling you how she feels about things. Like, you know, we, we talk about, like, during her travels with Joel, I, I feel like the thing that keeps Ellie grounded and so, like, normal and so calm and so, like, 
I don't know. She's like in this, always in this like constant state of like, oh yeah, what's this? This is awesome. Blah, 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 blah. Is because she's with Joel. I think that when Ellie is by herself, Ellie is very like, you know, to herself and guarded. Um, yeah. On the timeline, like, you know, after she meets the soldier and, you know, he disappears or whatever, does his own thing. She kind of reverts back to this whole guarded Ellie um, and she encounters this group of boys and they're like, they're going to beat her up and take her stuff. Why not? Quarantine zone. That's how it goes. Right. Right. Exactly. Welcome to Boston, so, as a Boston person yeah. might say. <laughs> this is just standard everyday Boston. So it's how you know, it normally is zone. in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Getting beat up for your stuff. Um, <laughs> so, so this group of, of boys is going to beat her up and take her stuff. And, you know, in comes this girl who intimidates these boys and gets them to leave her alone. And um, she's just, like, tries to kind of, like, give Ellie some advice about how to protect herself or, like, you know, what what to do in this situation. And Ellie's just kind of like, you know, these these people weren't so tough I could have handled myself. And then, uh, you know, it leads to Ellie getting, like, reprimanded by whatever person is running the school or whatever authority figure is around at the time. And they're like, hey, you know, this is your, your um, you know, they're, they're pretty much disciplining her. And they're like, you have a long rap sheet. So, you know, again, they're going back to, you know, Ellie having this issue with lashing out. And so then they, like, like for punishment, they make her clean this car, and it's, like, bloody from a battle, and there's, like, a finger on on the steering wheel, and it's, like, really gross. So while she's doing this, uh, she goes to find her Walkman to listen to music to kind of just, like, escape the situation. And uh, I think that that's, interest- that's an interesting thing about Ellie that I want to get into a little bit later, because... Um, she's got, this is the, like, the first time you see anybody with any sort of, like, electronic entertainment device. But this is also, I mean, this is, all of this is world building, right? Like, we in 2019 are six years more advanced than we would have been if CBI had, had happened, right? Like, if CBI had happened in 2013, Apple wouldn't be releasing new phones every year. Like, we'd be stuck in this, like... (laughs) whatever it was at that time. So the fact that Ellie... iPhone 5. Yeah, right? Well, what I want to know is, like, who did Ellie get the CD drive from, the CD player from? Because, honestly, in 2013, CD players were still pretty few and far between. So it's like, I almost feel like it would be a sort of commodity, something that could be powered off batteries and not specific chargers. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it is kind of... it's It's a subtle way... That a child who was born in, you know, 2018, her primary, like, form of entertainment and the thing that she goes to to escape the world is a CD player. Like, you know, in a lot of ways we talk about, we can talk about Ellie being this kind of old soul because she definitely seems in a lot of situations much older than being like a 14-year-old girl. Maybe that's one of the ways. (laughs) She's just like, I don't know, I prefer CDs. It's like, okay. Yeah, and when she goes, like, you know, when she realizes that Riley took her CD, she goes to confront her um, and pressures her until Riley's just like, whatever, you have shitty taste in music, I don't care. And it sparks kind of like an odd friendship between those two. Like, 
Ellie sees uh, Riley escaping and then she goes to follow her. Uh, and they have an interesting conversation at the beginning of their friendship or beginning of whatever this this thing that they're building between themselves is. Um, like, Riley asks Ellie about her future, which seems like not, you know, it doesn't seem like any a big deal. It's like, you know, I'd, I'd ask, hey, like, Leo, where do you see yourself in five years? And you could give me an answer. Right, but right. asking someone about their future in a world where it's like, well, I'm stuck inside of a quarantine zone. Uh, the best thing that I can imagine is either joining the military or getting assigned a shitty job and barely having enough food rations to survive until this quarantine zone is <laughs> is toppled by civilians because of corruption or we just run out of fucking food. Yo, bro, um, same. What are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> like you know probably gonna rebel or join the military well i'm be on one side sounds good like typical friday uh, right ultimate destruction either way i'm gonna die but like you know ellie's confused about that question um and she she gives an answer and riley's response is like that yeah, that's the answer i'd expect that somebody would give in uh in the quarantine zone um that's the definitely you're you're thinking the way the military wants you to think. Yeah, interesting. Wow. And tying it to the like tying it to um them lecturing her about acting out and then just her having like this CD player as her way to escape uh you know the punishment and the chores that have been given to her like it was such a, it was it was a good it was a good answer and I think it puts into perspective like the way Ellie acts now um is not in line with the response that she gave it's it's in line with more of like what riley was saying like hey you know um they want you to think this way you shouldn't think this way like you should actually put some thought into where you see yourself like you shouldn't um just fall into being a cog in this terrible terrible machine that you know that is the quarantine zone so american dreams ends where they they are kind of cornered by fireflies, right? And this is where Marlene recognizes Ellie as the girl that she was told to help by her friend Anna. And she's sort yes. of like, oh my God, okay, we actually have to keep this girl safe. You know, and then they threaten to shoot uh, Riley if, she, if they don't, you know, cooperate. And eventually they, they return to the quarantine zone together. All of this sets up the Left Behind DLC which basically yes. starts with Riley coming back from weeks away from camp. Basically, Riley returns and tells Ellie, I'm going to join the Fireflies, but I wanted to see you one last day. So, and this, this kind of comes after they're like, uh, Riley's like, come hang out with me at this mall that we used to hang out at all the time. And she's like, okay, I'll finally tell you that we are, that I'm leaving and this is my last day. So let's, have a good time and they're sad but they like dance and play music and this is also the first time and for me i'm glad i missed this dlc because the trailer that revealed that ellie is a lesbian or bisexual was so cool and felt earned and felt justified and didn't feel cheap in any way um was really well handled basically and to see that having not known that in Left Behind, there's this moment where they're they're like dancing on a counter, right? I think so, yeah. Like they play, I guess they, to 
cheer Ellie up, I think uh, Riley takes her Walkman and plugs it into a speaker system and they're playing the music and kind of dancing. But this, um, oh, and then, and then, you know, someone drops a pendant and then there's a kiss and it's before they really have a chance to sort out exactly what's happening. Cause I think Ellie apologizes. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I shouldn't have done that. And it's also like in, in that situation, um, it was because Ellie didn't want Riley to join the Fireflies and leave because Riley was like, I'm going to get, you know, hey, I joined the Fireflies. I'm going to get assigned somewhere else. This was, a, again, just like the soldier before. She was like, don't go. Like, you know, you're the one thing that I have. Don't don't abandon me. And then I think like, you know, that's where we have this this more emotional moment. Like Riley drops the pendant uh, and, you know, they do they end, like end up kissing and then there's like this like we you know whirlwind of emotions and because it's like this is this is a big this is a big moment and i don't think that they really get to uh unpack or process this because here come infected i mean it's really it's that age-old story of like the guy and the girl who kissed or the the boy and the boy who kissed and the girl and then mom and dad burst in and they're like hey kiddos and they're like oh god we do not have time to process what just happened. But in this case, parents are runners. It's it's all a metaphor, guys. The entire The Last of Us is just about parents. Aren't, aren't parents just clickers? They're, uh, <laughs> isn't that just like parental instinct, just bouncing off walls and then, you know, ruining your good time? I mean, some parents are bloaters. <laughs> some parents are runners. You know, it's, it's lots of shades, lots of shades of parenting. So uh, that kiss ends up being really formative and exactly, you're so right. This, this continues this pattern of like Ellie becoming vulnerable enough to say, I, I don't want you to leave. Like, I'm going to stand up for what I want. I don't want you to leave. And it not working, kind of. Because again, what ends up happening is they get chased, uh, the, the runners that are drawn by the music chase them and they both get bitten and there's this like pivotal moment because just imagine how different this world would be where Ellie and Riley are talking about do we commit suicide or do we enjoy the final hours of each other's company? And I think it's one of them, one of them decides, no, let's, let's spend the last few hours we have together, together. And so brutally, so sadly, Ellie has to watch Riley change because, of course, we all know, having played Last of Us, that Ellie is immune to CBI. Yeah. So, like, God, what a way to find out, right? Yeah. And it was, uh, it was Riley that was like, you know, like, hey, let's, like, hey, let's sit and do this together. Like, you know, if we, you know, like, this is, this is part of the processing of those feelings. It's like, you know, now we have all the time in the world to be together. Right. And and it's very uh it's it's almost like generically Romeo and Juliet. Oh my god, so much, yeah. Like it's such a tragedy because it's like okay, you know, now now here's the one moment where Ellie gets what what she's always wanted. Like a that that connection and it will last forever. You know, they'll be together as infected forever. Of course, Ellie doesn't get that. Right. It's really brutal. And then 
on top of all of it. So that happens, right? And it's brutal and it's terrible. Ellie returns to Boston. And then two weeks later, she meets this asshole named Joel. (laughs) And suddenly, my early experiences of Ellie make so much sense where I'm like, God, this fucking kid sucks. Two weeks ago, she lost her like brand new love interest to the discovery of the thing that makes her life so valuable. But it's like also kind of her curse, right? It's that like maybe some part of her wanted to die with Riley and or didn't wanted to like transition in that sense with Riley and didn't get to. Right. And it's like it's it's a tra- it's honestly it's like a cruel tragedy because like like I said, here she was. She was going to finally get that thing that she desired. And, you know, even even going beyond like relationship or or anything, it's like the the human connection. Like she didn't have anybody. The closest thing that she has to a family is the knife and the note that she got from Marlene. So it's like here's this person that's been around now for a while, um, has no reason to leave, really. But they're, you know, joining the Fireflies, which you know, not knowing that you're immune to an infection doesn't, there's not much value. I can understand that Ellie doesn't put any value into the fireflies. Cause like going through the game, I still didn't really put too much value into the fireflies, even knowing what they were doing. Right. Um, and then, you know, it's just like, okay, fine. You know, this happened, whatever, but it happened to both of us and we're going to go through this together. And then to see the one person that you care about turn and from how Ellie, Ellie describes it at the very end of Last of Us. She says that Riley died. So we don't know how, but Riley died after she turned. Um, And if that, you know, whether or not that was by Ellie's own hand or not, like, imagine that. Right. Think about also for Ellie how this then mirrors later meeting Sam. Yeah. Not that she's like romantically engaged with Sam, but like, this is like, oh, another person appear, someone who. I like and that they like me back in being friends and all this and then watching them turn and like seeing them turn going from one night being like, well, yeah, we'll talk about it in the morning to in the morning that person's gone and like having to deal with that reality. And I would argue, I would argue that those moments were just as impactful Um, because I think we can all determine that at the end of The Last of Us, Ellie knew that Joel was bullshitting the hell out of her and like those were the examples that she gave she was like you know i need to know that we did everything because of like what happened with riley and what happened with sam and henry like that shit meant something to her um because you know riley was infected protecting her sam was infected uh just trying to escape and then Henry took his life because he had to put down his own brother. Like, you know, God forbid you kill a hundred people trying to protect Joel. Like, these were people who these were people who were genuinely good people that were just trying to survive. That that like, you know, Ellie feels like, you know, she could have saved. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around. We'll be right back. We interrupt this podcast for a preview for a different podcast. I'm Bruce, a regular contributor to Lore Party. 
In the unforgiving world of the gods, there is an endless, vicious cycle of fathers killing sons, brothers killing brothers, and sons killing mothers. But Kratos, the ghost of Sparta, looks to end that cycle with his son Atreus as they journey through the various realms of the Norse pantheon. Tune into our God of War episodes where my co-host Abu and I discuss the latest installment in the God of War series from 2018 and the insightful ways the game creates more depth in a beloved franchise. Just check out our lore party feed and search God of War. It should be easy to find. We now continue your regularly scheduled podcast. So yeah, that's that's sort of Ellie as she's sort of going through the game and definitely, as you pointed out, those final moments. She knows in the final moments in the game of uh, The Last of Us, she knows Joel is totally full of shit, but she's asking a much bigger question than like what it might initially appear because she's been on this whole journey. Now, that journey doesn't end, right? Like we've we've seen trailers, we've seen teasers. There is the new game coming out and God, it looks so good. It just looks so good. And, and, and I don't know if it, it looks great because, you know, because I know I trust the team behind it or because I know that they're going to approach it with a lot of the same kind of sense of uh, quality. But we can sort of start piecing together a little bit about who Ellie is in the years following Last of Us from what we see in these sort of teasers and trailers. So let's go through some of these. We can talk a little bit about like what we see and uh, what we think and uh, about that and also kind of what that might mean for plot because some of these things are both world building and also kind of game mechanic things because we are going to be playing as Ellie for at least it looks like a majority of the game. Um, so sort of the first thing I have noted down is you hear in this first gameplay trailer that you get to see her kind of moving around, you hear her referred to as the wolf or wolf. And man, if she had a reputation in Last of Us 1, she very clearly has a reputation now. And and I, I, you were even talking about the uh, the initial teaser that had her covered in like blood with shaking hands playing the guitar on the bed. And Joel comes in and is like, what are you doing, kid? Just so aghast you know like clearly she's been through some shit right right it's almost like she they've like flipped roles like she has developed joel's killer instinct you know at a much younger age like now she's just kind of like killing without without feeling um because like yeah like you said like the even just the 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 shaky hands she can steady them easily to play the guitar and she was able to play the guitar around like a pile of (laughs) dead bodies and she had like you know killed people from the living room into the bathroom all the way up to the bedroom but but this is interesting it's it's true it's like she really has sort of transcended but this is in direct contrast to something that we see in the trailer that was played at E3 2018 which was this idea of like normalcy right like we see footage of her at like a dance and she's older and looks more mature she's closer to her 20s and clearly she's you know has some connection to some people around some friends some like relationships she's flirting there's a there's a moment with the girl this this new girl which for me was like oh my god (laughs) just totally shocker 
Um, and actually, I think you can actually go back and listen. Abu and I recorded a, a Sony E3 recap uh, last year. So feel free to listen to that old Jim, that old chestnut. But the, uh, the idea of this normalcy, now there, this was an interview with one of the co-writers of the new game. She said the game is going to be this idea of like the normalcy that Ellie establishes a sense of self and this idea of like, I know who I am and I have this sort of life that I've built. And then there's some great trauma that like separates her from that. And we don't know what that is yet. But the rest of the game is about her dealing with that and, and kind of how that could push her to evolve and change. Well, yeah. well, here's my speculation. Um, I just feel like, 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 I, well, I, I still stand by my point where she seems like a lot stronger, a lot more like, in, you know, like yeah, she's totally, she's grown into her presence. I also feel like she's dealing with trauma and I don't think that the, like the, the good thing about last of us is it's built out so well. And the story is nice is that you don't have to like, while we will have a, a, you know, a larger event that, you know, dictates the direction of the game, you don't have to have one singular event where it's like, wow, this defines everything about Ellie because of all of the things that Ellie's gone through. Like, trauma is something that uh, you can bury at one part of your life and it pops up in another part of your life. And like, you got to think about the things that happen in, in last of us, um, from like having to kill people, having to see your, like, you know, your father figure is like mowing down people. Uh, you're kidnapped by, uh, a cannibal who went from like wanting you as his pet to like trying to kill you, you know, and assault you and, and whatever. And, um, all of these things. And we see early signs of, of Ellie, uh, you know, like starting to maybe begin to process some of these things that have happened to her towards the end of the last of us. Like when they're almost to the hospital and she sees the, the deer and she pauses and it's like, I can understand that she pauses because it's a direct call back to the deer that she was hunting that led her to David and the events with the cannibals. And like, that like you know knowing knowing people who have dealt with trauma in their lives it's not something that um it's not something that you know that probably will rear its head immediately like you know you might be like you might have like an emotional response but i think the real brunt of it you know might pop up later in life and you might not even know it's there it just might be like hey why do you act a certain way or respond a certain way right right to, right to certain things that are going on and that's what i love about this game i think it's like what we're seeing now and maybe like to a point how ellie becomes more aggressive or some of the things that we've already seen and all of this stuff is just kind of layering on top of that existing trauma I've got one more thing to add, which is really just, you, you kind of mentioned it just now. There's this period of the game where Ellie is on her own because Joel is, is having this infection and you have to kind of play as Ellie. And this is, this is what leads to the uh, meeting David and the, the cannibals. There is some period of time where Ellie is keeping Joel alive, like by herself, basically. And I can't help but see that as foreshadowing some eventual decision that she makes, like, I can make it on my own without Joel. You know, she mentions in the, in the trailer, it's mentioned this kind of old man 
out in Jackson. And one of the writers confirmed that that is Joel. We don't know if he's going to like be a big part of the game, the second game or whatever. But at, clearly at some point, this isn't like Joel and Joel has died and Ellie is is like mourning him in this new life. Clearly they split at some point. And I see that initial like because Joel was so injured that he couldn't go out with her uh, and like hunt and stuff. This is like the the thing that precedes maybe some eventual decision. So I think you you don't have to guess as to whether we are excited or not about this upcoming game. It's, gosh, it just looks so good. I mean, you, me, Ellen Page, and everybody. All together. All together. Just holding hands. So excited about this game. This episode was not sponsored by Ellen Page. <laughs> Uh, hashtag bring Ellen Page to Lore Party. It's a long hashtag, but that, that'll get people's attention. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Lore underscore Party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next time. <laughs>